Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic, directing the TOSIC Early Cancer Therapeutics Program and co-directing the Cleveland Clinic Sarcoma Program. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Dr. Shazad Raza, a member of the Multiple Myeloma Group here at TOSIC Cancer Institute. He is here today to talk to us about eye toxicities, a side effect of anti-cancer drugs. So, welcome, Shazad. Thank you, Dale, for having me here. Absolutely. Maybe to start out, um, kind of told you, told everyone kind of what group you're with, but what do you do here at the Cleveland Clinic? Yeah, I'm actually a disease, joined the multiple myeloma and AL amyloidosis group last year. And my major area of research and what I like and what I'm passionate about, taking care of the patients who have plasma cells disorders. And I also do the bone marrow transplant, T-cell therapies. So a lot of stuff related to plasma cell disorders here. Excellent. Well, we're not going to talk about treating those specifically today, but we're going to talk about eye toxicities. It's something that, um, quite honestly, is a great topic because it's, uh, I'm going to argue, probably underappreciated. What do you think? I 100% agree with you, and I didn't know how things evolve around it, but I can tell you that one of my first author of this paper, he was a medical student at uh, my previous place, and he was very passionate about ophthalmology things, and he was asking my oncological perspective. That's how I came up with this topic. And as you know, one of our multiple myeloma drug has a very bad eye toxicities. That's a turning point for me to have this project and this have this topic to be covered because I see a significant knowledge gap knowing what toxicities can happen with these new types of drugs. Excellent. So let's just take a big picture view first. Mm -hmm. What are the most common types of eye toxicities that, that we see? Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. You can see the problems with an anterior chamber of the eyes. You can see eyelid problems. You can see the pupils, um, back of the eye. Some people have excessive bleeding problems, sometimes excessive lacrimations problems. They have conjunctivitis. They have retinopathy. So we see all types of problems, and it really depends on the type of the drugs that patients are getting it and what type of this drug can specifically can cause particular side effect. So I would say it's a broad. It's almost a lot of manifestations can happen with this. And when we think about... Um uh, therapies, traditional chemotherapies, targeted drugs, immunotherapies. What 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 do we find in terms of yeah. drugs that are most common to cause eye toxicities? Yeah. It's a very good question. I think it's as you mentioned, it's an underappreciated things. And what I can tell you that uh, what we have seen in the clinical trials and in actual world practice, it's quite different. So the toxicities with the traditional chemos, yes, it's been seen, it's been reported. Uh, including a lot of alkylating therapy, anti-metabolite therapies. But then now we have this evolution of these new drugs that are coming out and we are using it. Patients are living longer, but a little known about the side effects from these drugs. Some of them are class effects, like these drugs can cause skin and hair toxicities. They can also cause eye toxicities. So we've been seeing a lot more with the new drugs, which include these targeted therapies, checkpoint inhibitors, we see with an immunotherapies. So it's all over. And some of them are class effects. Some of them are non-class effects. It's just like a sequel of having some other complications leading to eye toxicities. So when we think about impact on quality of life, you know, oftentimes we see patients in clinic and they'll say, oh, I have fatigue, I have diarrhea. They don't really talk about eye toxicities. Yeah. And is that because we don't 
ask, they don't think to tell us. What do you think drives that? I think it's both both ways, I would say. It's an underappreciated, as you know. Um, I think the problem is um, eye is our vital organ in a sense that it's it has a quality of life. You can't see it, but you live longer. I think how you can make this as a, a statement to compare it. I think I learned this lesson when I used one of the drug in multiple myeloma called Belentamab, which has more than 50% uh, eye toxicities. And a couple of my colleagues here, they have used it and they have serious eye, eye effects. Now, the drug is withdrawn from the U.S. market now, but it has a great results in terms of treating the multiple myeloma. So we learned with an experience. So I do feel that the experience actually teaches us quite a lot of these things. And once you see these type of patients who have toxicities we discuss, and then you learn it, and then you imply to other patients to improve the healthcare for across us. So I think it, there is a lot of room for improvement to understand these side effects. And physicians, especially the clinicians who are treating oncologists, should discuss these toxicities if um, it's mentioned, it's been experienced personally, and it's in the label. At least the patient should be aware that these toxicities can happen and how best we can manage those toxicities. Makes sense. You mentioned before about um, sort of a, a, a study that you looked at in the Correct. past. Tell us a little bit about that. So we do typically um, a computational um, genomics uh, with a team of the doctors who are the biostatisticians and also they have a high level of um, data mining on genomics and vigilance. So we look at particularly uh, different types of the drugs and their therapeutic targets and how those therapeutic targets can impact the patient's adverse events. A portion of that paper we have recently presented in an American Society of Clinical Oncology this year, but it was generally focused on all the side effects. But when we specifically focus on the eye toxicities, I think for this particular paper, what we have published, we actually look at two directions here. First, we see, okay, what is we seeing in the post-marketing effects for this? I think that's really important one. And then we see how these patients were treated when they have those effects. So right now we know, okay, this drug can cause this problem. Okay, what's the solution? We just blank here. We don't have answers to a lot of these things. So I do feel that it has an impact, particularly this type of study, where you really want to see how actually these patients were treated in the real world setting and learn from their experiences and educate your patients, educate the ophthalmologist so that we can close the knowledge gap, what has been between the two specialities and help the patients in the end so that they can live longer and live with healthy eyes. That's what the whole goal. And tell me a little bit about this whole real-world experience. What, what kind of things did you find? So we saw a um, lot of these exciting results first. Okay, these are great drug experiences are awesome. We actually did an extensive review on our literature through the published literatures and see in the last 30, 40 years how patients have published these papers. If somebody has an eye toxicity from cisplatin, which is very commonly used drug in head and neck cancers and other cancers, so how the eye toxicities happen, how they treat it, what drugs they used. Leukemia patients, they can get eye toxicities, increased lacrimations, increased keratoconjunctivitis, how they treat. Do they use anything prophylactically and how we can improve it? I can personally tell you that one of the drugs that has been used for us was the Blentamab, which has more than 50% rate of eye toxicities. And we were actually, when we saw this is a, such a high rate, we have advanced ophthalmology evaluation 
ophthalmologist clearance, then we were treating the patient. I think that was a very good model where you see some toxicities are happening and you incorporate the eye physicians way early before the patients develop the toxicities and use some prophylactic and preventive measures. Unfortunately, in the real world setting, what we have seen it, we don't have this metrics. We only follow the ophthalmologist or refer the patients to ophthalmologist when they have toxicities happen. I think it's it's good at least we refer them and address them. But I think what we are lacking is how we can prevent it from these effects and what patients should be watched for if these things are happening. As you know, as an oncologist, once we see good results in one area, we also see sometimes side effects from that particular drug. And we really have to dig into that, how we can prevent them. So this review is actually helping oncologists, like especially the general oncologists who treat all the cancers. They have um, knowledge to improve among the uh, oncologists, also the primary care physicians, and then the ophthalmologist as well, because there are so many new drugs. There is no idea what these drugs do. And people look at just up-to-date or some limited literatures, uh, but this review will help them to have an idea and keep them with them so that how we best we can help our patients. And I guess the good news, bad news is a lot more effort involved with doing trials these days because Absolutely. a lot of our a lot of our early phase trials, even later stage trials, incorporate ophthalmology exams. I I love that. And as you know, the new drugs that are coming out, people are recognizing them. For example, we have FGFR inhibitors, which can cause eye toxicity, especially retinopathies. So the question come up, how do you treat? Do you hold the drug? Will it retinopathy will improve? Or you have to do some other other approaches. Macular edema with the certain drugs, sometimes they have significant conjunctivitis that affects their quality of life. I think I would say it's a mini encyclopedia in terms of an eye for the reference guide for our ophthalmologist. And I would say that our students who really worked on that, who have a passion to be an ophthalmologist, they are the one who are the driving force for this particular article to help the eye, eye doctors. Yeah, I mean, I guess incorporating that into clinical trials certainly will help get those side effects a little maybe more front and center and warnings, precautions, and let I people agree. know what to look for. Absolutely. And that gives us a good idea how best we can treat them. So I 100% agree. And we learned the lesson from one drug already that I mentioned to you, Belentamab. They incorporate having an eye exam before you treat. And I think that's what makes a difference. And then you really have a dose adjustment. So clinical trial is the way to go to understand the side effects. And, the, and as you mentioned that they're using the ophthalmologist, many of these trials, I, I like this idea because people are recognizing them. And I hope that there will be more recognition in this area and people will use more comprehensive approach for in this area as well. So one thing we're, we're sort of expanding upon here at, at Cleveland Clinic is um, within Novel Therapeutics Clinic, a pharmacovigilance sort of arm to that. Um, is ophthalmology being included in these eye toxicities um, included in that effort? I think um, it depends on the class effects, on the class of the drug. If the drug has been shown to have uh, some eye toxicity significantly seen, I would prefer that, yes, it should be included. I think it depends on each drug and its impact, what has been seen in the clinical trial setting. But I would strongly advocate for any future trials just to be make sure they do not have as a side effect which could be a class effect or that can cause eye toxicities. Our clinics are usually multidisciplinary so we involve neurologists, ophthalmologists, uh, audiometrists, a lot of other doctors are involved as well so I think the multidisciplinary approach 
is the key, get the input from everyone so that we can develop new safe drugs for the patients. When we think about that collaboration, you know, quite honestly, ophthalmology isn't one of those disciplines often you think of top of mind in terms yeah. of multidisciplinary. Um, any thoughts about how, you know, there's a wide range of people that might be listening in, how people might be able to most effectively engage an ophthalmologist to, to help them with the care of their patients? I would say communication, communication, communication. That's the key. You know, it comes from both sides, from the patients as well as, as the doctors, early recognition of these symptoms and engaging the ophthalmologist way early into the care of these patients. I think that would help a lot uh, to the patients and their quality of life. Knowing these cases later, the stages would not help anyone. So I think if we involve them early, we learn from eye doctors, we, they share our experiences. I think in the end, the patients will benefit because we mutually make the decisions as a shared decision among eye doctors and the oncologist. Any sort of early thoughts in terms of, you know, you have lots of patients, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, 50% of patients yep. might have a toxicity, which is really high. Um, oftentimes these are lower numbers. Do we have any heads up on like, what are risk factors? Like what patient characteristics, for instance, that might lead to increased risk? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think it also depends on the class effects of the drugs. What are the pre-existing eye conditions are present? Um, I'll tell you that uh, each drug has a different way of working. So we understand that part, but I think when there is a class effect, so we already have an idea they are at higher risk of keratitis or cataract or uveitis. So we always recommend if person has a higher risk of the eye toxicities, they should have um, exam before you start the treatment. At least you know what the baseline actually looks like it. Anything that is pre-existing present, there is a potential that things can get worse in the future. So if the ophthalmologist involved early, so we can create a very good baseline. Sometimes, and if you look at it in our study, what we have seen, there are idiosyncratic reactions too. And sometimes the reactions are dose dependent. So it's a wide variety. Like when you see the toxicities, that's why if we know what these drugs can cause the problems, educate the uh, patients, and if they have an ophthalmologist, I think we should involve them early in the care because many people wear glasses, so they have an eye physicians as well. At least they're aware what treatment are you getting, what are the potential impacts on it. I think that would be a big help uh, to the patients and it will be a good service to them. I guess just in terms of sort of putting in perspective some of these t wide range of toxicities, do most of them tend to be reversible or no? So our data, when we reviewed the whole literature, we did notice that stopping the drug in some cases, these cases are reversible, but sometimes it's not reversible. I mean, you know, people can have um, low white platelet counts and they got hemorrhage in the, in the eyes. That's different than somebody who has a neurotoxicity from cisplatin causing the optic neuritis that you treat a little differently. So I think some of them are reversible as long as you know what you are doing, what you are treating. But I'm afraid that there are sometimes the damage can happen far substantial and we just don't have a guideline. We don't have any uh, recommendations how best we can treat. Sometimes they use prophylactic steroids, prophylactic teardrops, antibiotics. Uh, but I feel that our focus should be on somehow if we can prevent those toxicities before happening, that would be the huge help. And I'm afraid that not all toxicities are reversible. And I guess in terms of like uh, sort of not letting things get too carried away, what, what kind of insights do we have in terms of minimizing risk? Are there things that, you know, you know, a class of drug might lead to high risk. We don't really know necessarily who's at risk. 
Are there things that could be done other than just being really vigilant? I think that's one way of looking into the picture, but vigilant is some sort of thing that it depends on the doctor making those decisions, which I think makes sense in some centers. But I think uh, the the best way to deal the situations in if we are seeing on the package label insert that there is eye toxicities are seen with this particular drug, I would incorporate eye physicians earlier in the course of the treatment. At least the person have a baseline exam and the eye physician is aware. Unfortunately, the irony of the health systems are across the U.S. What we have seen that if you see the eye toxicities, then the eye ophthalmologist will see them in three weeks and four weeks. I think there's a lot of delay happening. So I always feel that if the package insert after the clinical trial publications, we do see, we should always incorporate eye physicians. If we are using a lot of cisplatin in higher doses, we should involve them because then it, it can increase the risk of ocular toxicities. If we are using our novel class of agents, which are known to cause retinopathies or keratitis, conjunctivitis, I will involve the eye physicians way early. And now we are learning more and more about these effects. And I think the eye physicians are a part of our team and they should be involved if there is undocumented eye toxicity occur with these agents. You mentioned some things before about possible treatments for some conditions. Again, wide range of uh, different things. But is there much that's known about, you know, you have this sort of conflict. You want to treat disease and you want to treat symptoms and you want to make people live longer. But, you know, in a situation where you have an eye toxicity that's maybe limiting use of a drug that works, and you mentioned that, um, do we know much about rechallenge? And, and, and being able to sort of mitigate those? Yeah, so we have actually, in, in this paper, we, we actually have looked into that, that how they have treated. So some cases of the class effect, the, there was re-challenge done. Uh, the toxicities is still happen in some cases, and some cases we don't get the toxicity at the lower doses. I think it's a lot depends that the awareness and how best we can mitigate them, even if we challenge them. But one cancer drug which we were using that I give you the reference for that particular drug that can cause blindness, the blindness was irreversible. But people can have eye toxicities, keratitis. That was reversible in, in those cases because you can lower the dose, re-challenge them, give it a treatment holiday, and you were able to successfully improve the overall outcome. A lot is unknown in this area, how we can manage them. And I think that's why I think this is a good review so that we can have our eye physicians to be aware and then we can have some shared decision making in terms of understanding how best we can help these patients with the toxicities. Unfortunately, it's a really important toxicity, underappreciated. Um, how do we make that leap to answering some of these important questions? I think we should involve eye physicians in clinical trials. And whenever we do those trials, they've been uh, involved. Then we should get their input if we know these drugs can cause. I think patients' education is very important, that they should be aware these toxicities can happen and what they should do if these toxicities occur. Uh, close follow-up with an ophthalmologist, same thing with an oncologist. And I think if we have an education and a well-communication, I think patients will be well aware of the toxicities Physicians will be well aware of how they can um, manage them. And at least we have some challenges here how to treat them, but at, at least some ways we can help them by holding the drug, re-challenging a game when we can and we understand them. Because a lot of things are unknown, how we do it, and a lot of things based on experiences. That is the whole reason for publishing this paper, that people learn from other people's experiences 
what happened, how they did it. If somebody else has a thing, so they can learn from those particular experiences. But unfortunately, it's a lot of unknown we are dealing with uh, how to manage those toxicities. Well, Shazad, I think if you don't watch out, you're going to be an honorary <laughs> ophthalmologist here. So, um, My pleasure. Yeah. Appreciate you being with us for uh, insights on this really important uh, toxicity. Thank you, Dr. Shepard. Thanks a lot. To make a direct online referral to our TASA Cancer Institute, complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org slash cancerpatientreferrals. You will receive a confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. For more podcast episodes, visit our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our ConsultQD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.